We are Alex and Mike, and welcome to The Moment, a place where we chat about our relationship, style thoughts, design ideas, and so much more. We invite you to join us each week, grab a coffee, sit back, and let's make this moment special as we dive deeper and share life with you, all while having fun. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Moment. I'm Alex. And I am Mike. We're excited to have another moment with you this week on a fun and exciting note with this week's episode. Yes, we have another guest joining us, and we are so excited for this week's guest. She is... It's gonna Amazing. be it's gonna be a little different because so our first guest was Jasmine, which you guys loved that episode and we're so happy and yes. she had such a good time and we're definitely gonna have to have her back on because it was um it was just such a good episode. It was Very really fun. And, and you guys really loved it. Yeah, it seemed like it resonated with you guys. But we're excited because this week we have someone who is not in this creator influencer space, which is actually really good. Um because I feel like she gets, she has like a different take on kind of what we do. She sees like the behind the scenes sometimes. Right. She kind she's of like been, an outsider. Yeah, she's been with us for a long time. She's been, she's an OG, more of an OG with Mike than even me, which is crazy, which we'll tell you, we'll get into. But um, we just think that her approach and view on life, her ability to use humor through the ups and downs and, you know, we're the same age. She's 31 and soon to be 32, which is insane that we're all getting so much older, but she's had more things happen to her than most in... Literally, which sometimes is so funny, and other times, obviously, is very unfortunate. Uh, very unfortunate. So she, but she has she taken lived... all of these unfortunate events and turned them into... Positives. I mean, I feel like positives. She you know? probably will say negative still. Exactly. But she's very self-deprecating. But we're excited for you to get... Um, a peek into her and I think you guys are going to learn a lot and uh, resonate and I actually think that you will probably I think that you will relate and uh, resonate with this episode probably even more because she's not in the industry that we're in because um, of just her viewpoint and just everything so we're very excited for you guys to meet one of our best friends Alana Sabo Alana Sabo welcome to the moment Alana (laughs) (laughs) I think she's a little nervous. This is her first podcast. She was kind of like taken aback when we initially asked her to be on the episode. Um, But I'm so glad that she decided to join. (laughs) I am very nervous. That's okay, though. Are you more nervous now than five seconds ago? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you need to just like let loose. But we, I, I feel like the first thing is we just want people to get a little peek into who you are, your background, and then obviously all the things that I think that you can share with the world. So, yeah. well, even before that, I just want to start with a kind of like how we all, oh, you know, true. met and everything. Yeah, you should explain that. Um, so we can take it back a good eighteen years, which is insane because eighteen years is a long time for anything, and just to think that we have been friends for eighteen years is wild next level Mm -hmm. um but 18 years ago freshman year of high school alana was in my homeroom and that was are you sure that was 18 years 18 years yeah right how old are you in high school it was was 2006 yeah 2006 is when we met (laughs) 2006 is when we met we were 13 we're just starting high school yeah and now we're 31 13 to 31 15 15 to 30 is 15 years yeah wild and I had my period. We could have had a child. Oh. <laughs> well, those were in my straight days, so. <laughs> that's true, that's true. That's wow. Straight, Mike. Yeah. Um, so Alana and I met in homeroom. We had we literally were in homerooms, I think, three of the four years of high school. Um, and I feel like we just, like, kind of hit it off. We were we sat close to each other. Well, R&S. What? R&S? Last name. Oh, R&S, no, right. The, the funniest, the way that we actually got closer is because he asked out my best friend, Shauna. Oh, right. Yes, yes. With fish in her <laughs> locker. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so funny. We, uh, this was like, obviously, when I wanted to like, you know, make something of dating a girl and like, you know, make an impression on her and whatever. So I based on Laguna Beach, because Laguna Beach, there was an episode where one of the um, characters had asked a girl out, or asked her to prom, I think, with um, a, like, kiddie pool of fish, and he was like, oh, out of all the fish in the sea, will you go out with, or will you go to prom with me? So I was like, oh, I'm going to take that and put a little spin. So I went and bought a, 
like, I don't know, six or seven goldfish. And then there was one like gray black goldfish. And I put that at the top of her locker, like the top shelf. But how and did then, you get into the locker? Um, I think Alana or someone let me in. We got the combo. Yeah. Huh. And then from like that shelf down, I hung a sign that just said, out of all the fish in the sea, we go out with me. And that was how we started dating. And through Shauna is how Alana and I kind of like met and became close. Yeah. So we were in homeroom and then he asked her out and I think they dated for a week, which was like three years in high school. Yeah, True. really. True. And then we just stayed friends. Literally wow. stayed friends all the way up until the downfall, which we'll get into. But yeah, so it's been a good 18 years and it's actually crazy to think about too, because there's so many people that only know you guys through certain things mm-hmm. where it's like, there's people that know you from Lock Haven mm-hmm. and then people that know you through the like blog and have been... Uh, I feel like that's that's like why I love that we have friends from different parts of our lives because they all know us from different aspects of our lives and they know us when we were, you know, kind of, I don't know, learning who we were in Mm -hmm. that certain part of our lives. You Mm -hmm. know, like Alana was there when I was obviously still in the closet and, you know, felt very insecure and all that. And then obviously, you know, our college friends and, you know, so on and so forth. Right. So, okay. So freshman year you meet. And you guys are friends all through high school or no? Yeah, yes. all through high school. All through high all school. All four years. I mean, there were, uh, I mean, we definitely had like different friend groups for sure. Alana, I feel like has a very different view in high school than I do, like on our experiences. She thinks that like we were like friends this whole time and oh my God, Mike, you had the friends and I didn't talk to anyone. But I'm like, no, it's a complete opposite. Alana like had all the friends. She was doing everything on weekends. And I was like, oh, wow, I really have like no friends. I'm like, I just want to like be with Alana. The funny thing is, meanwhile, I was texting Mike and I was like, do you want to hang out this weekend? He'd be like, oh, watching a movie in the movie room. Sorry, BRB. Okay. In the movie room. Like, I can never get in contact with him. So, I, well, sorry. When I met you, your friendship had been continuous, correct? Our friend, yeah, our friendship yeah. had been continuous all the way up until... Because you met her, I guess, our sophomore year of college. Sophomore year of college is when I met you. Yeah. 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 When, yeah, and you and I were, Alex and I were just friends at that point. Right, right, right. And then that summer we had gone home. It's funny, I actually just told this story um, to a friend in work the other day um, about the four-day binger that we had. I think that's. What, I think that was when you first met Alana, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah? No, it is. No, because you came home with another friend. I was working at TD, and you guys came through the drive-thru. Oh, with um, Kayla, when yeah. we went home that weekend with Kayla. Oh, I don't remember that. And I feel like I had met you before. Huh. Because that was when it was kind of like that was the core group. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that wasn't the first time. That was the last party that we all had at Lawrence, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the first party that we all had at Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that was one of the first like real times that Alex and Alana had really met. And it was kind of really great because, you know, it's it's always nice when your college friends meet your friends from home. And I feel like in, at that age, you are really particular on who meets who just mm-hmm. because you, they're like big parts of your lives high right. school and then college so mm-hmm. you know it was nice you coming home you being able to spend so much time to go <laughs> this and was this was literally 2012 and we literally did not talk from 2012 until 2015 i would say yeah 2015 is i yeah. think we reunited yeah. so all that time went by which i mean obviously sucked because we had been best friends for so long up until that point however there was so much that happened in those couple of years when we weren't friends yeah that's just like awful you know so sure. i was it's like sad to think back on those times because but i wasn't able to be positive, there for... but the positive is that it just shows that you guys did have such a foundation of a friendship that like the time passed Clearly, you both needed to have that time and mature individually or grow individually. Right, right. And then come back. And honestly, you probably came back and the glue for all of that is really me. Oh, my God. Um, And honestly, (laughs) like, I am the reason. Just think about it. Who is the common denominator? Moi. Well, me, really. Why? You both know me. You know, oh. from different parts of I was of just life. trying to make this about me for a second. Of course. I guess as it's always. not working. Well, when we first, re- you know, reunited again, Alana came to our apartment. <laughs> it was our first apartment. We lived in the city. And we had, we it, were obviously it, dating at this Yeah, yeah. Point. At that point. We were obviously, but you know, out. I did out. not know. Alana didn't know because we haven't. I but I didn't know. Yeah. I and we her. hadn't talked, obviously, to, up until that point. And the funny thing was, 
this is like, I feel like a true testament to friendships. It's like, once you get back together, it's like nothing has changed. And it literally felt like it was a continuation Mm -hmm. from two and a half years prior to that. We had gone out and we just like had so much fun. But Alana always says that when she walked into the house, this is what I told um, Amy at work the other day. Alana walked into the apartment and she was like, are there two bedrooms? Is there one bedroom? Like I went in, like Nancy Drew. <laughs> Ready to like, the, didn't Mike you didn't... say you saw towels once at A and once at M and then you're well, like, oh. So Mike didn't tell me anything, but there had been things like posted on Instagram where it wasn't like Might have alluded anything, to that. But like right. kind of leading to that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do a little snooping. Sloop work. I am a, I, I admit I snoop. Um, but... Like, Mike went to the bathroom, and I, I could see that things had been turned. I know what you're about to say. So there was a date night jar that had, like, sticks. But I was oh, like, Oh, the date well, night jar I made you. Mm-hmm. How sweet. I was like, best buds wouldn't be going on dates. So, <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom, we were and it was bros A for life. and M. And I was like, okay, I know what's up. I know. And then I think we are sitting at the table. Actually, the true testament of our friendship is that Mike and I had not seen each other in however many years, and the first thing that he did to me... What? I did not know how to get into their apartment building. Oh. So Mike, I said, where do I go? He's Mike's like, a big prankster. There's workers going now. into the building. Follow the workers. Which is I, the building next to us. That had been under construction and was truly... <laughs> condemned. Condemned. I walked into the Unsafe. building. Mike says, Mike goes, all, wa- Mike goes walk all the way to the back. I went up the steps. <laughs> they turned around at the top. They were like, "Hun, what are you doing? I was like, my friend lives here. <laughs> Like, is my friend a pigeon? No one lives here. Cannot. And then Mike called me and he was like, get out of that house. I was joking. A condemned house. He was watching me from the top window. He was like, I didn't think you'd go in. Like, I don't know your life. You're so awful. My friend lives here. Imagine the construction. (laughs) They were so, like, they probably thought I was on drugs. Like, I'm just like, and I was in a a sweater tank top. A house that's being fully got renovated. Like there was <laughs> nothing. Like, my lives like here. I got nervous for them when I was walking up the steps. I was like, "This is not a safe building." Oh God, and I was like, so "Yeah, no, my friend lives funny. here." And they were like, "No, they don't. No, they don't. No one lives here. No one lives up here. At least, like maybe under the steps." But oh my God, so funny. Yeah. So I guess that was the true testament. I was able to get you, get you right there with that. I feel like honestly, after that first fight, if it hadn't happened when we were so young. We probably could have just talked about him and like it was the alcoholic. Like, that was a stupid thing. Sure. I would apologize, yeah. but I'm so prideful and I was so young and dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you're like, 21, emotions feel are... my rage. Yeah, yeah. no, um, it's it's true. Lessons learned, but um, and I feel like obviously we grew a lot in that time yeah. too. So we came together as even though it kind of felt the same, we had like done our own growing in that time. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So Alana has obviously then been with us. Again, ever since 2015, obviously, Mm -hmm. when we were fully into our relationship and then, you know, obviously starting our blog in 2016. So she's like been there from the beginning, truly. Um, But I want to talk to you. I have some questions for you. Okay. There's our little backstory. But now I have some questions. I think that's something that we always say that you're so funny, like, because you really are so, so funny. And like, you could easily be a comedian or have stand, be a stand up or have a podcast. We've or been write trying a book. to get a lot of trying to do, to do this so many so things long. just because you guys would just, the things that she says, she's so quick witted. And my, the type of humor that I gravitate towards and I think is funny is smart humor. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much harder to be smart, funny then and not this is what i say to her all the time not everyone has that no no even if you try it's just like within you you know yeah for sure you have to have that quick-wittedness and that you know ability to articulate what you're saying but just so quick-witted and funny but but i guess do you feel like you've always had that ability to use humor throughout your life and do you think that it is been kind of like a shield too or do you feel like you've always just that's just been you you've never really even thought about being humorous or funny i don't think i think to do it right i think well here's the thing this is the, <laughs> the if there's one here's thing the that thing. alana <laughs> says she goes here's the thing and here's then you know you're gonna thing. get the scoop <laughs> or you're gonna get a novel there is like the age old saying where it's like if you grow up ugly you have a better personality <laughs> and if you grow up pretty you don't have a good personality because you never had to try um, so I feel like when I was growing up, I was ugly. Yes. Oh, so yeah, I thought aunt, <laughs> we'll tell you differently, but, um, I just want you to picture me 
stick thin, no body. You can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. Chin, length haircut, braces and glasses, bone pale. I had to come up with some defense. So, so it was humor. So humor then. So, okay. So there's the. That's, so you really, that's, do you think what I had really to think of a from, reason? Like, yeah. You, you, you got it's like, I had such short hair. I was so self-conscious when I was younger. Cause it was like, I had braces. I had glasses. I felt so awkward. Like, and I feel like every girl can relate to that. Like growing up, you feel so awkward in your own body. Cause it's going mm-hmm. through all these changes. Mm-hmm. So I see my friends and they, I feel like they're so confident and they're so outgoing, like around guys and stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, what, what do I have? Right. And then I made somebody laugh and I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep that going. Yeah. Right. right. No, do you feel like so. you still have like issues with self-confidence and all of that? And do you feel like you used to hide behind humor or no? Do you have, you do feel like you've kind of like flourished into more of like a confident person? No. <laughs> um, Alex opened this podcast and called me self-deprecating. So <laughs> true, 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 true. that was my intro. Um, I hate myself. No, no. I'm <laughs> I don't hate myself. Um, but now I just think it's so natural where it's like, I don't even, I don't even think it's second nature for you. Yeah. Your quick wittedness and I'm your just, humor. I'm just, just God given talent. I guess just a part just, of you. It's a part yeah. of you. Just who you are. And I also don't, I don't think that I'm funny. This is just, but that's when, that's when people I feel like truly that. are funny when they really don't think they're funny because a lot of people actually think they're funny and they're like, you know, I can make anyone laugh. And then really it's like, all right, you're just doing too much. You know what I mean? Right. Um, okay. So, you know, we alluded in the beginning of this, that you've been through a lot. And if you, you know, if I look at, you know, someone's past 20, 30 years in their life, right. And you ask someone, Oh, what's the, um, what are three big events that have shaped you? Right. And maybe it's like, for us, it's like, Oh, I can say like, Oh, I came out and like, that's it. Things right? like that. Right. Things like that. But we but always for- say like looking at Alana, like in her past, it's almost like her past life. She has gone through so many things that I truly do not believe a quote unquote regular human could go through. I think she's like been able to handle the situation she's gone through. So like very much in a very mature way. And she's really been able to navigate the situation she's been through and put it out into the world in more of like a positive way. Do you know what I mean? And this is why I have to be funny because people literally look at my life and they're like, we're so blessed. Like (laughs) they just look at my life. Like they're like, we are like, thank God we live the life that we live. People say that when they, after they hear. Right. But when you hear that though, what is that? Like, does that like make you feel weird though? Like if someone says that, like after they hear something that you've been through, and they say, oh, my gosh. Like, do you actually think that people are saying that? Or, like, you're just putting that in, you're putting that in your mind? No, I was being sarcastic. Right. I was just saying, like, if you do were to sit there and sit, say, right, like, right. oh, my God, we're so lucky we're not her. Yeah. Like, so, I'm, I mean, we we can touch on whatever you want. But, like, to give the audience and the listener a little bit you can say whatever you of, want of what we are alluding to. So, unfortunately, Alana's mother did pass away in those three years that Mike and Alana weren't friends. And, obviously, that was very impactful in your life and, I'm sh- and you can talk about. Um, but you've also dealt with a lot of other deaths in your life and um just so many other very um kind uh, of like unfortunate unfortunate events unfortunate relationships Relationships. that you've been through that an average person a has not or b could survive right (laughs) to be honest so well, I guess no. Survive, survive, but survive I mean, in the way that Alana has. That's what, I, know mean. what I mean. Like survive and flourish. Still, Alana is a superhero. Bounce back. What's that song? Bounce back. I think yeah. I've just become a sociopath at this point. <laughs> I don't feel anything. So, no. so I surround myself with people who feel all the things, right? Oh, so right. that I can act like I'm feeling them. Mm. Wow. But um, I mean, we can dive into that too. That's that's something. <laughs> mm. No. Uh, yeah. So my mom died. Bless up, Nancy. Um, <laughs> How old were you? 22. 22, right. And it's funny, this is the 10th episode, and we are coming up on her 10th anniversary of oh, wow. dying on me. Oh, we so, love you, Nancy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, if I never got to anyone that. gets sensitive to Alana saying things like her mom died, you used, and she jokes it, she jo- and, this, you know, joking yes, about it, this is what she does. We should a trigger warning, because mm. I have had almost 10 years to deal with this, so if, like, you have recently had a parent pass away, or a You might want to stop listening, yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be insensitive, or, like, make light of the situation, this is just how I happen to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Humor was a very big way, so when my mom passed, I was 22, and I had she passed from sister. breast cancer. Yes, metastatic breast cancer. Um, 
I had an older sister and two younger sisters, and it was kind of, I was, at the time, the only one with a license, so I was around them a lot, driving them around, my nephews, and I have a very big family, and they were all really impacted by my mom passing, and I felt like it was up to me to not be sad in front of other people, to kind of, like, lighten the mood and make people laugh, so it kind of just stuck with me kind of having, like, a humorous take on it. Not but I also I feel like you took on mom. then that when your mom passed, then you took, you on, the took on that of mother, mother role. For sure. Yeah. I mean, truly, you know, especially objectively for us looking in, we see that. So do you feel that? Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you innately took on the role or do you feel like, I don't want to say almost pressured into it, but do you feel like you had no choice, had no choice fr- because your family needed to lean on you and you were there? Well, I don't think it was so much as I was pressured, but I think it was so one of the things that my family always said was like, oh, she's the oldest at home. So it kind of like fell onto me. Right. And if you, everyone remembers what happens to them and other people differently. Like mm-hmm. how I remember the situation is different than how my sisters will remember it. Sure. So I remember it as like, I took on the role of like, you know, making sure everything was okay. My younger sister, she did cook dinner because I was still working at the time. She was in high school. She would make dinner for us sometimes. My dad still worked. Um, but I was the only one besides my dad that drove. So mm-hmm. everybody getting to their appointments on time, after school activities. My older sister didn't drive. So if her and her kids had to go somewhere and her husband wasn't home, I had to take them. It For a 22, like looking back on the 22 year olds that I know now, they could never have done like, that. It and was never do a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, like, was I lobotomized? Like, yeah. I don't remember it at all. Like, yeah. I feel like just, you were in autopilot. Yeah. I think. Just going, just right. doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting because I think that is, you know, I've never felt, I've never dealt with grief on that level before or death. Um, but from, you know, reading books or listening to podcasts or other people that have like, it does seem like the common thread with everyone is a looking back. You don't have that clarity of what happened, right? You're kind of like, I don't really remember. I just did it. And you kind of just go into this autopilot Mm -hmm. where you're just surviving. And it's like one step in front of the other. And I feel like that's probably, especially at 22 years old, you're so young, your brain is still developing. Like you just kind of just like, you just had them keep moving forward. Yeah. It would get to the point where, and it wasn't even like I, like, I feel like it was just my dad had lost my mom, like his wife. Right. My other sisters had lost their mom. Mm-hmm. But then like life still had to go on for everything. Right. Like, I, and this, my mom was sick for 10 years, like on and off. She got mm-hmm. sick when I was first in eighth grade. So it was a long time where she was sick that we were dealing with this. So once I got my license, like taking her to chemo and stuff just became part of my like daily routine. And like after she passed, it was like, okay, I don't have to do these things for my mom anymore, but then I still have my younger sister. Um, if my sister had a doctor's appointment and then my dad checking with me and saying, oh, well, you know, uh, what days do you have off this week or when are you available? We have to make your sister a doctor's appointment. She has to go to this, like all this stuff. Right. So it was coming to the point where I was trying to have my own life and my own free time, but also having to fit in so many other schedules and so many other things. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. For right. sure. For, especially for someone so young, like we said, to, yeah, to for be sure. able to handle. But I like in my mind at the time, I feel like I didn't register that I was 22. Mm-hmm. And I remember very distinctly, like, I think I was, I had to be 24 because I had a broken leg. And I went out with my um, cousins. Literally and... another thing <laughs> that happens to Alana. This is something more on the light side, but it, to, just to interject the story, Alana also broke her leg um, while she was l- just wrestling in the house with her cousin. Her cousin fell on her leg and literally broke it. And she had you to were have in surgery. The for like days and have a metal in your leg down. Yeah. yeah, I have a metal around my leg and a plate and screws. So unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I had a broken leg and I was on crutches and I was at a bar. So that was a great example. But um, <laughs> um, I, I felt so old, like at that time, like just like mentally. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh my God, 24, you're, you're a baby. And I was like a baby. I feel like I'm 47. Right. Exactly. And I'm not, that's not old. If there's any 47 year olds listening, but like to me, like somebody calling me a baby and saying like, oh my God, you're a baby. I said, do you, that, but that's not true. Yeah. Like mentally, I have you gone don't feel through that. like 
wars, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not on the same page as... The typical 22, 24-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I that's just, how like, sometimes, you know, I out. say... Right. And I feel like that's, you know, some of the things I said about, you know, the things that I had to go through with my real mom when mm-hmm. I was younger. You know, I was forced to grow up so quickly and much more rapidly than all my other peers. Trauma has the ability to mature you very fast. Right, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I feel like it's also impacted me because now if I go food shopping for myself, I'm not in the mindset of like shopping for just one person. Mm -hmm. I'm still in the mindset of shopping Shopping for for a family family of four. Right. So I buy all, like I have to limit myself. And if I buy stuff for work, I'm like, all right, I work three shifts. I only need three things for breakfast. Like Mm -hmm. I don't need to buy a big family size thing of pickle bites. Like I'm okay. (laughs) You know, I almost wonder, do you think that is why, because you had taken on the role for so long of being a caretaker of others, do you think that is why maybe you went into the profession you're in now? Because now, essentially, you are taking care of other people. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, the one thing I always noticed was when my mom was sick, my, when my mom was sick, she treated Pennsylvania Hospital like her personal Four Seasons. <laughs> She'd be like, I got to go to Penn. I'd be like, all right, let's pack a bag. Um, and one time she went up early and I went home to pack her bag for her. And I, and this is, this is to show how like mature it was in that situation, but also how young, like I'm packing the bag for her and I'm thinking of all the things that she's going to need. Like she's severely dehydrated. So she's going to need aquaphor. Like she's going to need loose clothing. So for like her poor, all this stuff. I'm like, she's going to need her medicine, not thinking she's going to the hospital so I'm packing all the medicine, all the pain medicine that she was prescribed. And I bring it to Penn. And my dad's like, you cannot cross state lines <laughs> with these narcotics. Uh, I'm like, well, you want me to, you want me to take him home? He's like, no, I don't want you to cross the state line again with the narcotics that you can't travel with. Yeah. He was like, just leave them here. He was like, why did you bring medicine to a hospital? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was just thinking of what yeah, mommy more would than need. Enough. Like, right. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, all right, what does my mom need? Not thinking like, all right, she's going to a hospital this doctor obviously is going to know what she needs mm-hmm. i'm like i know best right let me let me pack these little pill bottles yeah right so do you feel like because you took care of her and your family for so long that was had any kind of indication of why you would eventually choose the nursing career well it was the caregivers that took care of my mom like when, whenever we would go to Penn or whenever when she eventually was on hospice the people that would come to the house it was like we were in Penn and they were taking such good care of her and they also were taking such good care of us. Like they always made sure, because we were young. Like if my mm-hmm. sister was up there, Aubrey, I don't even know how old Aubrey was. If I was 22, Aubrey was 12 when my mom died. So leading up to that, she was even younger. Right. So we're all up at Penn chilling and these nurses are coming in and they're making sure that she's okay, that we're okay. They're giving us sandwiches from the nurse's station, all this stuff. So it's like in my mind, I'm like, if they did that for us the least that I can do is like make sure I can do that for somebody else's family. Yeah. And I always think when I'm at work and I'm like, I've had the assignment before it's a rough mm-hmm. assignment. I'm like, okay, well this person, like I can go home at the end of the night mm-hmm. and I can do what I want and mm-hmm. I can be with my family and I can be with my dog. Mm-hmm. This person still has to stay here right. and they don't feel well and they're in a lot of pain. And they're Your ability scared. to empathize with them and put yourself in their yeah. shoes. Yeah. Which is That's... why I think you do your job so well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Alana is a um, nursing assistant at um, a like local, not hospital, but it's like a rehab center. It's like, yeah, it's like a rehab hospital. Like a rehab hospital. And she actually worked with me for a good bit of time, like a year almost, um, at the hospital that I am currently still at. And we had such a good time. She that came onto the floor. Job. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was good. It was. It was nice working with. I mean, even though like my coworkers and I get along so well, it was nice having someone from my past life mm-hmm. come into the hospital and kind of like work along with us. But that unit like was so close knit uh-huh. that it was like, even just coming in, like not, I knew Mike and that was it. I didn't know anybody else, but it, I felt like I had known everybody for years. after yeah. I them for one night. Like I still talk to people from there. Yeah. I still tell everybody if I can go back there, I could, but it's too far. Crazy. So, okay. So now in that, uh, entire situation of caring for your mom and going through the loss of your mom, what do you think is, if you have to look at the situation with an overview, what is the one lesson you think you learned from that? That was literally going to be my next question. I mean, it's going to be cliche, but life is short. 
There are... Amen to that. So true. Amen to that, sister. There I feel like that's something things. we're trying to really mm. hone in on these days as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like... My friend and I talked about this recently. There are people who don't go through tragedies like this in right. their life. They get these tragedies later on in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, Alex and I, we were, when we were talking about, you know, questions for this, we really have never been through trauma like that. I've you know never, what I mean? Never. We really, I mean, obviously we've been through our own shit, but never something to that scale, to that scale at right. such a young age. But I feel like, so with you guys for so long, you didn't get to live your, live as your truthful selves. That you also realize that life is short because mm. like you only have a limited limited amount of time on earth. So mm-hmm. why would you not want to spend that time being yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so for you guys, it was, you know, having the courage to come out and tell everybody, you know, this is who I love. This is who I want to be and mm-hmm. living your life as your most authentic selves. Yeah. Right. So that right there is you guys really realizing right. life is short. Mm hmm. For me, it just ha- so happened that my mom had to die for me to realize life is short. Yeah. So you were given the harder one. Yeah, I feel like I could have learned it like a little bit in a different <laughs> way. But <laughs> you're like, thanks, universe. Um, so, you know, there's people that realize it later on in life. Like there's people that are older when their parents pass away. Most people, right? Never any easier when your parents pass away, but you have more time. Mm-hmm. And the things that my mom would talk about in between when she was sick, like. The things that she hadn't gotten to do in life like she never she went to canada but she never really truly left the country mm-hmm. she never went to europe she never went to mexico anything like that like she never went on a big big trip there were so many places that she wanted to see so many things that she wanted to do and my mom was in her 50s when she passed away right. she just had she started having kids young mm. so how old was she when she passed 50 what 52. 52. wow wow that's so young so it's like you think about it, she had 52 years and there were still things that she wanted to do. Right. So, it's, you know, you never know when you're going to go. So for me, it's watching my mom go through that and seeing her life end so quickly. Because I, I take care of people in the hospital that are like 97. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, Ugh, 97. You've lived a full life. Mm-hmm. Like I only got 22 years with my mom. Right. So it makes me more grateful for the things that I am able to do, but it also makes me not care about so many things. Mm. Like what? What's an example of something you wouldn't care? I don't care about money. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't have any, but (laughs) like I truly like, cause it doesn't matter. You don't value that, which is good. I don't base, like, I don't. I don't choose who I'm friends with based right, off right. of how much money they make. Like I don't decide if I'm happy or sad based off how much money I make. Like right. money, material things. Right. The if, what people think of you. Yeah, none of it matters. No. Just about the experiences that you have in life. Because at the end of the day, like none of us know when we're gonna die. Right. So if you like, if you can lay in bed at night and you say like. I think I'm doing good. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm living my life for myself. Yeah. It makes you reprioritize what is important to you for sure. And the significance of everything. So I think that's good that you are able to, yeah, so many people value money so much and they base so much of their worth on that, right? Like, oh, if I'm struggling, then I'm not a good person or I'm this or I'm that. And I think that's so good that you have the ability to, realize that that doesn't dictate your worth and how you should view the world. But it, I mean, it also goes to show that experiences are really what make life so fulfilled, you mm-hmm. know, just the experiences you have with yourself, the experiences you have with your friends and your family, what you're putting out into the world and how you're kind of communicating with the world around you is really what means something, you know, which is why I think we put such an emphasis on make every moment an experience because those moments really are the ones that matter you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and like obviously you need money to live but i mean like i i feel like there's so many people that are obsessed with like having like a bigger house Mm -hmm. or a nicer car and those are things like i've never cared about stuff like that yeah i've never just because i i don't know it's hard to explain but it's like that doesn't matter to me like obviously Owning a house is like, yeah, I would own a house. That'd be dope. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't care what kind of house it is mm-hmm. because it's, it's, I feel like it's not about how much money you spend or like what it looks like. Right. It's the environment that you create inside the memories that yeah. are created inside. It's like, you know, all the, the best memories, some of the best memories that I have are from your apartment. In a home, yeah. Cram people into that Mm. apartment, Mm -hmm. like the night that I spent eighty dollars at Rosa. Again, Mm. I don't care about money. I spent eighty (laughs) dollars at a Mexican restaurant because I wanted to make sure everybody ate. Nobody ate that food. Yeah, (laughs) we never know. It could have been our last moment. (laughs) But we went out, and I'll never forget that guy in line. Alex was like, "Alana, you shouldn't spend this much money." Well, it was because everything (laughs) was so cheap. So to spend eighty dollars was it was actually insane. I just feel like we woke up the next morning and there were just Tupperware everywhere of unopened burritos and tacos and quesadillas and enchiladas. And I said, "Oh my god, what did I do?" Yeah, but Alex is also the same way. When he has a little bit too much alcohol in him, he also likes to just like go crazy and buy so much food for no reason you know i know and I, kept, I kept naming the people that were at the house alex said alana we don't need this much food i said no we have this person we have this person and i don't know what anybody likes so yeah, yeah. Get through. i have to get everything everyone. right everything for everyone but yeah that apartment had some good times and so it's stuff to me it doesn't like i don't even i would never characterize an event based off like the money spent or anything like that i just think back to who was there and if i had a good time mm-hmm. yeah no, I mean a little nice decor always helps. Yeah, I mean at least you know for us we're like that. That's that Mike that's like a moment. Differ. But that's like that's like a thing though. It's like that matters. To well, us. you have but not, here's the thing, not being showy so with I it. Do, I mean, I do think making it making it nice. I made it nice. Making during <laughs> making like, like feeling like your home is an expression of you. You no, know, but what I mean? you're but I think what's so good is you're we need to delineate that you can care about those things, but they do not matter at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For how you view the world sure. or how yeah. the view world the world views you right exactly yeah. that's where it's important yeah. like i'm not saying you like can't like nice things right right no, everybody no. likes nice things if yeah, i had yeah. more money i would probably buy more nicer things um but that shouldn't the, be your goal the way that you make your home feel if mm-hmm. it feels like home to you it's going to feel like home to other people. Exactly. When I come here, this is one of my safe spaces. Oh, that's like sweet. I feel very relaxed here. I feel very yeah. calm here. That's sweet. That's the goal, Except baby. for today, I was very nervous. <sighs> Mike and Alex know all my dirty secrets. So. so she never knows what we're going to say on here. And the house is also in complete chaos. So I think so it's, it's, not a safe it's messing your either. mind up a little bit. I think the memories that you walk away with are always more important than like the money that you spend. Absolutely. Great lesson. Yeah. Lovely yeah, lesson. Great. 100% agree. And then adding on to the lesson that I learned, um, because life is so short, I feel like I spent my 20s living for other people. I had to take care of my mom, my sisters. So I decided when it was coming up to my 30s, my 30s are going to be solely for me. Mm-hmm. Selfish. Yeah. In, this in is my selfish way. decade. Right. Now, even though you say that, I think it's interesting that you say that you feel like now is like the selfish time because I f- still feel like you are that like mother figure to all of your friends. You know what I mean? I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like you're the one that everyone goes to when they have an issue. I feel like you're the one that everyone wants advice from, you know, so do, do you ever feel pressure of that? Or do you think that's just a, kind of almost like a part of you now? No, I feel my biggest thing is being able to say no. Because if that's Alex's too, yeah. If somebody no is a complete me, sentence. Mm. I know if some, but I, for me, it's not. I feel like if my friend asks me to do something for them, even if I have plans or I'm about to walk out the door. Oh, you're saying the opposite of no is not a complete sentence. You mean you would do it no matter, regardless? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would. I would try and fit it in my schedule, even if I didn't want to. Like, and I feel like that's the biggest thing too. If you don't want to do something, you don't have to. Right. Mm. You don't have to always help people. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me a very long time to understand that but that's probably because you were such a figure to people in your so, life you know that you I don't want to ask my sisters or stuff right like right that, no, yeah, yeah. but like friends and stuff, stuff you mean but, yeah because you so, probably don't want to put you you feel like you're putting a burden on someone yeah so asking that yeah and it's it's so hard for me to do because i feel like i'm being a bad friend and i feel like i'm being a bad person because i have like this uncle ben spider-man like mentality where, that, what the hell is I know, I don't, I don't think I get the reference. <laughs> Who's Uncle and Ben? Spider-Man, Uncle Ben is Spider-Man's <laughs> uncle, and he says, if you have 
the ability to do good. It's your responsibility to do it. I have the ability to do something for someone. In my mind, I should do do it. it. Whether or not I want to, I'm about to walk out the door, I'm about to do anything else. I'm about to get in the shower. And my my mind will rework itself to say, okay, well, it'll just take you 30 seconds to get dressed again and run around to the store. You can do this for your friend and then you can come home and jump in the shower. So for right. me, it's being able to put myself first, basically, right, and to stop putting everybody else before me. Mm. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now, only if this freaking lesson had gone over into <laughs> some of your damn past relationships, that would be wonderful. Put yourself first before the boyfriends. I have the worst taste in men. Uh, no, you don't have the worst taste in men. Mm. I think the guys you but, well, no, because I think. looking back for sure yes i do agree but i'm saying more like when you meet these guys they present themselves as very lovely people and i think it's almost like a i don't want to say manipulation but it kind of is a manipulation tactic where where they kind of manipulate you into essentially falling in love with them and then at some point they break your heart you know and i feel like in those situations you are putting your significant other first before yourself always you know always always if i get into a relationship and the funny thing is i have trust issues mm-hmm. severe mm-hmm. trust issues trust issues where you trust too easily or it's hard to gain your trust the trust issues are like if a guy walks up to me and says hey i think you're really pretty i think it's a joke oh my god like, wait a minute oh can god. you just tell the story when you're in the bar with the high five? Oh yeah that's funny <sighs> it was so funny <laughs> This is my most known story. Alana can, like, for some reason, she can, like, swoon anyone. But for some reason, she never feels confident when she's out and about, like, wanting to meet a guy. Guys will come to her and will want to talk to her. But for some reason, she never feels as though a guy will want to approach her. And this is the perfect scenario. I get very nervous if handsome men look at me. And then try and talk to me. I just, I get, I'm too shy. I get nervous. And I'm, I did, I just can't talk to them. So we were at the bar. We were at McGillan's and Mike turns around. Mike looks at me and he's like, oh my God, this, this hot guy is checking you out. So I turn around and it's this hot guy in this red shirt and very, very good looking. So I said, oh my God. Okay. What do we do? And Mike said, I think he's going to come over here. And I said, no, he can't come over here because we're in front of all of our friends and I'm going to get embarrassed. So our other friend, Mike, said... Do you love how her voice gets really, really low when she's talking about this? (laughs) (laughs) Because I know what's coming. (laughs) So our other friend, Mike, he said, I have to go to the bathroom. You can walk with me to the bathroom. So we have to pass him. So it gives you an opportunity to be away from all of our friends and he can stop you to talk to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. We start walking to the bathroom. This guy looks at we make eye contact and he comes out into my path to talk to me like wanting to come over and actually start a conversation with a girl he thinks is pretty and i just walk by him wait no 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 no, no. oh at first i just walked by okay so the other mike and i were up the steps at the bath he's like okay you can come back from this we have to walk back we have to pass him again he has another opportunity to talk to you so I'm psyching myself up and I'm like, okay, Alana, just talk to this man. Just talk to him. Like you, you would think I'm going in for major surgery. So <laughs> well, we go- in your mindset, that's what it is. It when is. you talk to a boy, you are going in for major surgery. I, I had to remind myself how to say hi. So we go back. This guy, I guess he hyped himself up too. He steps in front of me and he says, Hi. And for whatever reason, my brain short circuits and I stick my hand in the air air and I go up top, (laughs) high five this man and walk back. I got back to the bar. I said, everybody pay. We got to go. You could have gone home with him that night. You just wouldn't have put your damn hand up in the air. Up top. Yeah. And that is just one of many situations where Alana has been in a very... Um, Maybe this episode should be called Up Top with Alana. Say literally. <laughs> but getting back to your relationships, why do you feel like when you get in relationships with guys, sometimes you like put the person fully before yourself always, only in the end to have them take full advantage of you and you kind of... <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. Mike, I don't Is that know bad? If I knew, they wouldn't do it. <laughs> Damn, Mike said, yo, bitch. What why happened? do you let these guys why do you let these fucking guys walk all, fucking over, walk you? all over you, you little you dumb bitch? bitch? Oh, okay, we're going to out. No, we're not. <laughs> we're keeping this. So what is it with you Mike that you... Mike straight up looked at me and was like, how about you grow a fucking backbone? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. That's so... Is that really bad that I said that? The way you just said it was like... I get what you mean. I get what you mean. No, I get it. Okay, so what it about again. you that lets men take complete advantage of you and you are a wet noodle? <laughs> Basically. Basically is what they you They have all of your pin you. codes, all of your passcodes, your social security number. Okay, so... I don't know. I know what you mean. I think if we, not now, but maybe just one day for funsies, take a look back at all the guys that I have dated. <clears throat> there were many red flags. Many. Many. Mm. Um, you were painting them green. Mm-hmm. But some, and not listening to all her friends who were saying, I will just Alana, say maybe you should them, stop and look at this. Some of them. Some yeah. of your friends or some of your ex-boyfriends? Some of the ex-boyfriends okay. got the stamp of approval. Everybody said, oh my God, he's right. such a nice guy. That's he's, what I'm saying. He, yeah. put, he treats you like a princess. He puts you first. And there was one time that that was said back in high school. We mm-hmm. used to party all together. Okay. Someone said that to me. And I said, oh my God, this guy treats you like a princess. I said, I am scared for my life. But no one man. knew. No. And... That's kind of like a stigma I wish would, you know, be broken. I wish, you know, p- anyone in relationships would be more comfortable talking to their friends just about maybe things that, I guess, to their comfort level, things that go on in relationships. Because I guess just looking back in this situation, like it sucks knowing that there were so many in this particular relationship, there were so many bad things going on and it, none of us knew about it until years later, you know? Year, like recently. Yeah, right, right. Years. Um that's why I was so scared to do this podcast because I like having control mm. and not knowing what I was walking into. Like, it just took me mm-hmm. 17 years. Um, no, not 17. Maybe 14 years to tell Mike what happened in this really bad relationship that I had. Yeah. But I was 19 and I was young and dumb and I thought that he loved me. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, this is okay. But I feel and, like at, at anyone at that age is kind of in that mindset, you know, mm-hmm. that they feel as though, you know, if they're in, if it's their first relationship or they're in a relationship where they finally feel like someone is really into them and giving them the attention they need, they are okay with any action that ha- kind of happens, you know, mm-hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think, no, it's okay. Like this guy has said that he loves me. Right. But, um, like that's the end all be all. He loves you. Just forget everything that happened in the past. So how did you get out of this relationship if it was, you know, I mean, you're alluding to it being an abusive relationship. So how did you get out of it? It wasn't abusive physical. Emotionally. Just more emotionally More so abusive. much like mentally and emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a couple of times where maybe there was like a little push, mm-hmm. but never, never were fists thrown at me or I was hit or mm-hmm. anything like that. It wasn't physically abusive. It was... More so mentally and emotionally. And I think this is how, because I had, I had just left a really good relationship mm-hmm. before I got with this guy. And that guy truly, the first guy that I dated, treated me so well. It was the kind of, it was the first relationship. It was what every first relationship should be. Mm-hmm. He respected me. He listened to me. And then I went to the complete opposite. Right. Where I was gaslit. I was made to think the things that I wanted weren't okay. Everything that I did was wrong. Um, If I left him, no one would want me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of how it started, where if a guy wanted to date me, I would think, oh, okay, I have to be with him. Mm. Because in the back of my mind, I'm still the 19-year-old that's hearing, no one's going to want to date you. Mm-hmm. So then someone, like, so me. then now that someone finally does, you have to just take it. Yeah. Like that would provide you value a bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I let, we don't do it anymore. We are learning from my last relationship. But I let men validate me. If a guy liked me, 
that was my validation. That meant that I was doing something right. Right. In life. Yeah. If the guy wanted to be with me. So how are you learning? How are you breaking that? How, like, what are you doing? What are like actionable steps you could, you could say that you're doing? Um, I don't give a fuck about men. The first <laughs> one. No. Um, I think my last relationship really taught me a lot too. Mm-hmm. And I don't care as much. Mm-hmm. If a guy, if I thought that well, I feel I was- like sometimes it's good to go in a relationship. I don't want to say not caring, but more of just like more free spirited, you know, so you don't go into it with expectations. You don't go into it, you know, thinking that you're going to be with a person forever. You just yeah. go into it having fun. And then if something develops out of that, well, then that's great. It, really what it boils down to going into a relationship and being self-reliant and independent. Right. If you're self-reliant and independent on yourself, when you go into that relationship, whether the outcome is good or bad, you're still, you've still got you. Yeah. And that's you guys something talked like, about this in your previous podcast. And, and this goes back to what like my twenties were for other people. My thirties are for me. Right. So I, I don't know, basically like I have a sense of who I am, but my, in my twenties, I was being pulled in so many different directions mm-hmm. that I never got to do really things for myself. Right. Towards the end of my twenties I did, but so now, now, before it was, if I was dating a guy and I didn't hear from him, there was 15 million things that ran through my head. Mm-hmm. But now my life is not going to be any better or worse right. if this guy doesn't answer me. Exactly. I don't have to get so worked up about it. Being I'm still, I still have the same friends that I have. I still mm-hmm. have the same family. I'm still fucking killing it. Right. But I'm, I'm less hyper aware you're keeping the power with yourself and not giving it to someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it used to have such a hold over me. If for instance, my last relationship, I would not hear from him for three days. And, and this is why I feel Which is like, totally not okay. So anyone listening, please, if this is happening to you, no. it is not okay. Run. Because um, there were points when Alana kind of was in her head and thought it was okay that this was happening. You know, he would because, just ignore you for three days. Yeah. So in my mind, the first time it happened, I said, I don't like not hearing from you for this, this long. I don't know if you're alive or dead or anything. He was like, well, if you think something happened, you can text my mom. No. Such a weird answer. (laughs) That's not. You're not in a relationship with his mom. Yeah. So it would get to the point that I would say it again and again. And in looking back on it now, the person that I am now, if somebody turned around and said that to me, I would say, okay, you can go to your mom. Um, I'm going to walk away right. because I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who feels comfortable not talking to their significant other for that long. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying I need to hear from you every second of every day, but if I'm texting you and you're blatantly ignoring me, right, it's going to make me think that. Which, which in your, this relationship, that was a normal. Right. Yeah. Ignoring in all aspects. It's going to make me think that you're mad at me yeah. or that something really bad happened. Right. And, but. It is funny just looking at the situations you've been in because you are so aware and you are so self-sufficient and you are so independent and mature. So it's so interesting seeing you get into some of these relationships, knowing you have all these amazing qualities, because I feel like sometimes you get into these situations and you put all of those qualities aside. And you like almost forget that you even have them, you know, and you kind of just like focus your attention on the person you're with and all of those amazing qualities, I feel like don't really ever get like fully absorbed back within you because you're kind of putting all your focus rather than yourself, like you were saying onto that person, you know, so you're allowing them to treat you however they feel, you know? Oh, for sure. I would come back to him and I would say, oh, Mike and Alex said I should start a podcast. They said I'm really funny. And his immediate response would be, you're not that funny. Yeah, weird. And I would think in my head, instead of thinking, no, my my friends would not lie to me. Mm-hmm. My friends have known me longer than you. Obviously, they know how funny I am. I think maybe I'm maybe I'm just funny to them. Mm. So you should be funny to your partner. I know I am fucking funny. <laughs> I was funny to him, too. He just you know, like it. That I was funnier than him. Yeah. Right. Um, Insecure, man. Yeah, we can say Little that now man. looking back. But 
Another piece of advice I always give Alana, I always say, <laughs> and she, I don't think agrees with me and I don't think she will ever take this advice, but I have said literally since day one, multiple boyfriends ago, I have said that I think the best thing she could do is the reason I say this, let me preface this. The reason I say this is because a lot of the times the people Alana dates are mutual friends someone she knew from high school, mm. someone that maybe is in her town that she didn't know in the past and now knows somehow, I don't know, from being out in the town, being at a party, whatever. But they're always somehow included in your inner circle at home somehow. So I always say to Alana, I'm like, you know, rather than meeting someone in your town, I'm like, leave the town. Mm. Don't meet someone through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. Meet someone who not one of your friends knows and you build that relationship with them and then include them into mm -hmm. your life. Although I will say, I did date somebody that nobody else knew I dated. They are from Chicago. Oh, yeah. That okay. moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, he was different for sure. No, he was, he, he, he was an exclusion to all of this. Sure. For sure. But he still but, sucked. But. Yeah, yeah. I guess in the motivated terms, he was better. I can break them all, but I can still find the losers. Right, right, right. That's right. <laughs> um, um, but I have always given Alana advice, basically just to say, and I think this is true for everyone. I think that you need to go kind of explore other cities, just explore other areas with people who also have their own experiences, because then you come together with each of your own individual experiences and you can make a life or make a relationship together. You know what I mean? Someone who is going to respect you, who is mature, who has his own thing going on, isn't so intertwined into your life. And I feel like that'll allow you to more easily make a good foundation for an actual good, respectful, healthy relationship, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the thing that I never did before for relationships was to sit down and think about somebody the traits of who I actually wanted to date. Mm -hmm. It would just be like, okay, this guy gave me attention. I'm gonna. Alana loves someone yeah. that is nice to her. If anyone is, if you, if knowing Alana, if someone <laughs> is nice to her, she's drawn to them. Literally, they just have to be nice. They can smile at her, and it's like we always joke. We're like Alana, boy smiles at you. She's in love. She's getting married. Mm. Nice and broken. That's my type. <laughs> <laughs> nice and broken, but you cannot fix them. I can never. Never. Tried. <laughs> Basically, at this point, if I can't fix them, nobody will. They can't. They have to do it themselves. No one's going to fix someone. The person has to do it Send themselves. Back you to know. The oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Honestly, Alex and I talk about this. You know, sometimes when you're not around, it's like you are someone because kind of going back into your past life, as we like to say, like things that have happened to you, like you are someone that deserves so much in life, and we always say like you have this like innate motivation that like one day is just like going to like explode and all these things are going to happen to you. And we just want you to surround yourself with people, but I guess in, in specific, a, you know, a, a significant other who is going to just treat you so well and who you're going to treat well, someone who's going to respect you, someone that you're going to respect. I just think that you deserve someone that really is going to give you what you have always wanted in life. And I think too, I think you may know what you want, but I feel like what that person eventually will give you are things that you didn't even know you wanted. You having this selfish, quote, year that you're going to have, I think you'll learn if you, by putting yourself more, mm -hmm. putting That's yourself forward. It's a decade. The oh, yes. Decade. yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. By putting yourself forward and being more, quote, selfish, you'll realize that you don't need someone to give you those things. Exactly, yeah. So. Well, and I feel, too, because they're... I always say, after I get out of a relationship, when I'm in a relationship, I, for whatever reason, put whatever plans I have for myself on hold mm. and I do not thrive at all. My main mm -hmm. focus, because I, and I feel too, because in a relationship, you want your partner to do well. You want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so many of my relationships have been helping my boyfriends succeed Hyping them up, doing all, helping them do all the things that they want to do, but it's never returned. What do you think one like piece of advice for people who are in relationships like that, who are relationships that are not healthy and, you know, relationships that there's not support on one side? What do you, what would your advice be to someone right. in that? The first time that you ever sit and think, is this how I want my life? Maybe take a step back mm -hmm. because I thought that a couple of times. Listen to your where, inner voice. Yeah. 
Um, because I thought that I wanted that so bad in the beginning of our relationship. I thought everything was perfect. It was the honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. He said he wanted to marry me. We were going to have kids, which I had never talked about having kids before. And all of a sudden we're popping out kids. And then, you know, the narrative goes on and it's like, well, don't have a girl. Cause I don't want a girl. I would sit there and I would think, is this who I want to spend my life with? Is this how I want our Friday nights to go? Mm. Do I never want to travel again with him? Mm-hmm. Do I never want to do any of the things that I had planned for myself? So there were just so many cons yeah. against the relationship. So as soon as you start feeling like you can't be yourself or you're being put down or you see your life going a different way. That's a, that's a good question. Do I really want this? Yeah. Baby him. Who's there? What's mm-hmm. the vibe? Just show up. There was, I, I forget what I was listening to, but it may have been armchair expert, but um, someone had said, I guess this is more um, relevant to moms, but they basically said, like, say their daughter was in a relationship like this. They basically said, like, or the mom was in a relationship like this, rather, basically saying, would I want my daughter to be treated like this? Would I want my daughter to have this relationship? Exactly. And if it's a no, then it's there a no you go. For you. It's a no for you, you know? Would you want someone else? Would you to want have your best friend to have this relationship? Right. Would you want your friend? Would you have any? Would you want anyone to have that relationship? And, and if you have to take no. time to think about that answer, or it's a no, then I don't think it's the best choice. You know, right? Right. I think about that stuff too because my dad is a full blown girl dad. Like I have three sisters, four of us all together, four girls. In his mind, and the what he tells us, we can do anything. We do not need a man. Right. That's right, honey. (laughs) Independence. Okay, so I think I want to end this episode on a really good positive note because you are going, this is your golden birthday. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. wait, you're turning 31. Why did I say you were turning 32? I am am 31 right now. You are 31. This is my golden year. She already had her golden birthday. This is her golden year now. Right, right, right. Just like your golden year. I was like, wait, there's no 32. Um, okay, so yes, it's your golden year. What did you say say earlier about your golden year? It's not been golden. It's not been golden. But that's why. What did you say earlier? Uh, <laughs> what did she say? Because the universe is against me. I don't know why. All I've heard is how golden years are great. And this is the best year. When you have your golden year, it's so much fun. I should have a top tier golden year, considering Literally. the universe has already taken my mother. <laughs> they should be like, we're going to pay it forward so hard. Right. Like everything you want, all those mega million tickets you've been buying. But it's going everyone. to, because I mean, listen. You For just sure. you just it's end- halfway over. Well, no, but listen. I mean, you're in a new little uh, situation right now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're in a new little situation right now, which is exciting. Not. It's no, exciting. Yeah. Now you've been you got something on the DL. <laughs> Alana no, Alana no. has something exciting. I don't know, brewing right, and I guess not brewing, but just something exciting popping happened. Up. Popping up, yeah. Popping in. Okay, it actually is that I am starting a podcast. (laughs) No, but I'm excited. I think this will be good. So I wanna, I want to (laughs) you going into this selfish, putting you forward, putting you first in this uh, decade of your 30s. Three words though that will describe how you are going to approach this this era for you. Like the first thing comes to mind is like fun, selfish, selfish. What else? Skinny. Oh my god. Oh my god. Ozempic. <laughs> Unless you have a code for Ozempic. <laughs> um, Alex and Mike 50, get you 50% off your first vial. <laughs> I know. I hope. Keep that in because maybe somebody will hear it and they'll send it to you. And they'll just leave it to me. Just give me the case. Um, Wait, so what are the three words? Did you say any? Selfish. Or? New. Mm, mm, love. Love that. And liberating. Oh, oh love, love that. that. That's what we'll do. I love that. Selfish, new, and liberating. Yeah, but, I mean, at this rate, probably now I'll be dead by the time I'm 40. Let's stop. So. Shut up. Oh, my God, <laughs> literally. Kidding. Knock on wood. Well, you might be dead. Alana had a very liberating situation last week, and she ended up in urgent care <laughs> and had to get an x-ray of her neck. <laughs> had to get a neck x-ray. Um, and was put on anti-inflammatories and muscle relaxers. Muscle relaxers. All because she had sex. <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> I said before... So funny. Mark only here. Alana. That's what this needs to be. This this episode needs to be called <laughs> Only Alana. 
Okay. Only Lana. <laughs> I can tell that they've been bringing it back around to this. Only Lana last, like, would be pulling minutes. her pants back up and pull her back. Okay. So funny. Uh, I sprained my neck somehow, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a cervical sprain. We in the biz will say. Broke her but... leg. <laughs> sprained her neck. She was watching our house one time years ago, and for some reason, the all the lights in the house went off, and she like fell and hit her knee or something. No, her I, knee gave my, out. I dislocated She's crawling my down knee, the steps and naked. Then the lights went out, and I thought somebody had broken in. And here's Mike in Florida. Do you think you can make it to the basement and flip the breaker? That was the only thing. And you crawled down naked. You had a no. Cr- I, didn't, I didn't crawl down the basement. I crawled down to the first floor. Oh, and your dad had to come get you because I wanted to see if anybody else had lost power, and they were the only house to lose power. And your dad had to come get you and he brought you to the hospital yeah i had i was stressed at that point uh, but yeah and I wait i think i've actually night. told this story where your dad came in on you naked on he, he only tells the story with your dad picking yeah you that's up what naked. i thought happened my father did not <laughs> see me naked i army crawled down the hallway so and got funny. dressed like only alana like these things just don't happen to normal people you know i always say to alana these things happen to her because the universe is testing her i think something magical is going mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. some point maybe not now maybe not in the next month but maybe not knows? in the next 20 years <laughs> mike has been saying this how long have you guys had this plan? only a couple years mm. i've only been saying it in a couple years Bobo, at this point I'm here for comedic relief. But that's good. That is your purpose in life. Your purpose in life, truly, I believe, is to provide comedic relief in good ways for people. Like, to help people through. I would be the court jester. (laughs) They don't have good endings, (laughs) they don't have good starts. Like every month, he's like, so many blessings are coming, so many good things. I'm in like a sea collar in the hospital on a morphine drip. Just you wait. There's so many good things coming. And it just gets worse every time he says it. Oh my god. It's That's like really as funny. if it's like if I did have any good fortune every time Mike says that, he sucks a little bit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and his blog is thriving. <laughs> He's actually taking all the good energy he from you. I know I'm taking it all from you. It's like a reverse. But look, you're here to mind. you're here to give us a good laugh, you know? That's, that's good. That's, that's all, that's all you're here for. for. As long as the others are laughing, who cares what happens to me? I can't move. I can still talk. Who cares? Oh I'm middle God. of my leg. That's fine. That's fine. I'm it's on a, a wound story. back. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. That is so, so funny. Well, Alana... It was wonderful talking to you. Thank I'm you so much for joining us on the moment. Did you have... Do you feel like this was a moment? It was. I'm still very nervous. I Your first that. podcast, what do you think? I feel like I can do this professionally. Oh, well, wow. I think you, I really do think if, I mean, honestly, you know, this is only uh, an hour and some change that you're hearing a lot of talk, but if you were to just get to know her, she's so funny and she's so quick with it, like Alex said, and she could just like go on and on for hours. You could just like sit and listen to her I and know, hear I all tra- the stories. You showed a little bit more of your personality at the end. Yeah. I was extremely nervous. Yeah. It was, I podcast, here you come, you gotta, you Let's gotta start it. one. This could be, this is your entry into it. That's you know? right. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Moment. We always have so much fun talking to you. This is one of our favorite parts of the week. We look forward to it so much. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. And we can't wait to talk to you again. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. As always, if there's anything else you would like to hear, please let us know. And follow along over on Instagram and TikTok at Alex and Mike. Bye.